All right. Well, good evening, everybody. Welcome to our last Wednesday night Lenten service uh, before we kick off Holy Week beginning uh, this coming Sunday. Just a reminder that this coming Sunday is not only Palm Sunday, but Confirmation Sunday as well. We have two, con- uh, two that will be confirmed, and we're really, really excited about that and uh, really um, excited for them to be able to welcome them into our church family in that, in that way. Um, just one note for uh, tonight. For those of you that were here last week, you may have noticed that we had a special reader, um, Eric uh, Vaught, who volunteered to uh, read for us. I asked him if he would, and he said yes, yeah, so that was good. Um, and then he's going to uh, read for us one more time here uh, tonight. Just a reminder of the Holy Week schedule. So Palm Sunday, at its regular time, everything kind of goes uh, normal on that Sunday, except for the fact that it being confirmation. Um, and then Monday, Thursday is at 7 p.m. with Holy Communion. And then Good Friday, remember, Good Friday is at 7.30, uh, so that we can take advantage of, hopefully, uh, by the end of service, and as the lights are going down during the Tenebrae service, we can take advantage of the darkness and have a true service of darkness. Um, and then the, the schedule for Easter morning is sunrise service is at 6.30, and then breakfast served by the, LYF, by the LYF youth is at 7.30, and at 9.15 is our Easter egg hunt. Uh, the Easter egg hunt is for ages 0 through 5th grade. Um, if you are in 6th grade or higher this year, sorry, you can't hunt eggs here. You can hunt eggs elsewhere. You just can't hunt them here. Um, but uh, uh, so that's at 9.15. And then after that, and that is going to be, now that the location has uh, changed um, because we thought it would be a good idea for uh, people to be able to just kind of go from the breakfast straight into the egg hunt. So the breakfast is still over there in the fellowship hall at 7.30. 
The egg hunt is going to be at 9.15 in the two fields behind the, the school where we have the um, picnic. Yep, thank you. Um, and so that's at 9.15 with uh, Easter worship beginning at 10 o'clock. I have not seen the weather forecast yet. Somebody told me that it's not supposed to rain on Easter. I'm holding them to that. Um, so hopefully that is the case. Uh, let's go ahead and begin our worship tonight with a word of prayer. Lord Jesus, we are thankful for another Wednesday night where we have the chance to gather together to hear your word, to receive it. Uh, Lord, we know that faith is, is created by hearing. Uh, and Lord, we, we thank you for that and we pray, Lord, that for those of us who uh, have already been um, given this faith and believe that faith, we pray that tonight would go only to strengthen it. Uh, Lord, if there are those here tonight whose uh, faith is perhaps... Um, weak or is um, questioning, whatever the case might be, we pray that the words, uh, your word, that is read here and spoken here tonight would go, only go to uplift them in that. And so, Lord, we thank you and we praise you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Please stand. And so we begin. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The Lord commanded the Red Sea to dry up. He led Israel across the sea as if it were a desert. The water returned and covered their enemies. Not one of them survived. Yet how quickly they forgot what he had done. They wouldn't wait for his counsel. They forgot God, their Savior, who had done such great things in Egypt. But Moses, his chosen one, stepped between the Lord and the people. Save us, O Lord our God, and gather us from among the nations. That we may give thanks to your holy name and glory to your grace.
confession. Hear me, merciful and mighty Father, as I confess my bondage to sin and death. That is, in my sinful nature. But I cannot carry it out. No, the evil I do not want to do, this I keep on doing. When I want to do good, evil is right there with me. But I see another law at work in the members of my body, waging war and making me a prisoner of the law of, the law of sin and death. Hear the good news. The same God who delivered Israel from Egyptian bondage also delivers you from your body of sin and death. Jesus Christ, the Passover lamb, has been sacrificed, and his blood forgives you and sets you free. Give thanks to him who led his people through the wilderness. God, merciful Father, you are the God who made heaven and earth. Forgive us when we clamor for a different God and set our feet on the path that trusts you above all things. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Please be seated for the readings. The Old Testament reading this evening is from the book of Exodus, chapter 34, verses 1 to 8. The Lord said to Moses, Cut for yourself two tablets of stone like the first, and I will write on the tablets the words that were on the first tablets, which you broke. Be ready by morning, and come up in the morning to Mount Sinai, and present yourself there to me on the top of the mountain. No one shall come up with you, and let no one be seen throughout all the mountain. Let no flocks or herds graze opposite that mountain. So Moses cut two tablets of stone like the first. 
And he rose early in the morning and went up on Mount Sinai, as the Lord had commanded him, and took in his hand two tablets of stone. The Lord descended in the cloud and stood with him there and proclaimed the name of the Lord. The Lord passed before him and proclaimed, The Lord, the Lord, a God merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness, keeping steadfast love for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin, but who will by no means clear the guilty, visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children and the children's children to the third and fourth generation. And Moses quickly bowed his head toward the earth and worshipped. This is the word of our Lord. Tonight's epistle reading is from 2 Corinthians chapter 5, starting at verse 14. For the love of Christ controls us, because we have concluded this, that one has died for all, therefore all have died, and he died for all, that those who live might no longer live for themselves, but for him who for their sake died and was raised. From now on, therefore, we regard no one according to the flesh. Even though we once regarded Christ according to the flesh, we regard him thus no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them, and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ. God making his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ to be reconciled to God. For our sake he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Working together with him then, we appeal to you to not receive the grace of God in vain. For he says, in a favorable time I listened to you, and in a day of salvation I have helped you. Behold, Now is the favorable time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. This is the word of our Lord. Please stand for the reading of the gospel. The Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the 21st chapter. As they approached Jerusalem and came to Bethpage of the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two disciples, saying to them, Go to the village ahead of you, and at once you will find a donkey tied there with her colt by her. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, say that the Lord needs them, and he will send them right away. This took place to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet. Say to daughter Zion, See, your king comes to you, gentle and riding on a donkey, and on a colt the foal of a donkey. The disciples went and did as Jesus had instructed them. They brought the donkey and the colt and placed their, coats, placed their cloaks on them for Jesus to sit on. A very large crowd spread their cloaks on the road, while others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. The crowds that went ahead of him and those that followed shouted, Hosanna to the Son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. 
When Jesus entered Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred and asked, Who is this? The crowds answered, This is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth in Galilee. This is the word of our Lord. Please be seated. Would you please pray with me? Dear Lord, may the meditations of our hearts and the words of my mouth be pleasing in your sight. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Grace, mercy, and peace be yours this evening from God our Father and through the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Jimmy Wayne learned never to trust a soul. That's why he never unpacked his bag. And we can't really blame him. Jimmy Wayne never knew his father, and his mother spent more time in jail than out of jail. When he was a small child, his mother got out of jail again and took up with a troublemaker again. They loaded Jimmy into the back seat of their Oldsmobile Delta 88. For a year, the car was Jimmy's home. He learned never to, never to trust a soul. That's why Jimmy Wayne never unpacked his bag. After living in the backseat of a car for a year, Jimmy Wayne was dumped off at the train depot in Pensacola, Florida. His mother and her new boyfriend sped away in their Delta 88. Jimmy Wayne desperately needed a new beginning. We are going through the book of Exodus in a series called Let My People Go, and tonight we look at Exodus 34. It's all about a new beginning. Aaron, Israel's high priest, needs a new beginning, and so does Israel. And most certainly, so do we. Like them or not, in a huge crisis, the IRS knows exactly what to do. The IRS handbook states, and I quote, During a state of national emergency, the essential functions of the IRS will be as follows. Assessing, collecting, and recording taxes. And while everyone panics, the IRS knows exactly what to do. Get our money. When faced with a huge crisis of not having Moses, Aaron and the Israelites have no idea what to do. That's why they build a golden calf and worship it. What does Moses do when he comes down from Mount Sinai? Well, Moses smashes the Ten Commandments, grinds up the golden calf, mixes it with water, and makes the people drink it. We pick up the narrative in Exodus 34, verse 1. 
Then Yahweh told Moses, Chisel out two stone tablets like the first ones. I will write on them the same words that were on the tablets that you smashed. The Ten Commandments have been smashed. That's why a new beginning is absolutely necessary. So let's face it. We're not that much different than Aaron and the Israelites. What do we do when faced with a crisis? Well, we become angry, impatient, faithless, and selfish. We turn to our golden calves and look to them for salvation. God, the holy and righteous God, perfect God, this God has every right to dump you and I off at a train depot in Pensacola, Florida, and ride off into the sunset. But he doesn't. Our God doesn't do that. And a new beginning is completely possible. Then Yahweh came down in a cloud, Exodus says, and stood there with Moses. He called out his name, Yahweh. Yahweh frequently comes down in the book of Exodus. Exodus chapter 3, verse 8, Yahweh came down in the burning bush. In Exodus 19.20, Yahweh came down on Mount Sinai. In Exodus 40, verse 34, Yahweh came down to fill the tabernacle with his cloud and his glory. Get it? We can't go up to God. That's why God comes down to us right where we are in the basement of our broken commandments. And what does God do when he comes down? Does he scold us? Does he shame us? Does he berate us? Does he reject us, condemn us? No. God cries out, Yahweh, Yahweh, the compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger, abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness, maintaining love to thousands and lifting up wickedness, rebellion, and sin. A new beginning is completely possible. God is compassionate. This word in the Hebrew is closely, is closely related to the Hebrew word for a mother's womb. The idea of compassion, then, expresses the emotional connection that a mother has for her child in her womb. That's how God feels about you. The flamingos get it right. God says, my love must be a kind of blind love. I only have eyes for you. God is also slow to anger. If God was quick to anger, his compassion wouldn't last a second in my life. If God shot rockets of wrath every time I sin, I would be blown to smithereens. But God shouts from Sinai, I am slow to anger. And God says, I am abounding, abounding, abounding in steadfast love. Abounding announces that God's steadfast love is not limited. God is like the federal government. Whenever there's a need, God just prints off more steadfast love. But there's a difference. God has an infinite treasury of steadfast love to cover all of the currency that he prints. God's infinite resources of steadfast love will never run out. God go in debt? Does God go bankrupt? Never. Not ever. 
It also says that God lifts up wickedness, rebellion, and sin. There are only three Hebrew words for sin, and God uses all three right here. And why is that? He does it to show that he lifts up every type of sin. There are no categories of unforgivable sins. There is no category called unforgivable sin. Yahweh lifts up wickedness, rebellion, and sin. Wickedness means twisted depravity. It means that we are crooked and bent. Rebellion refers to treason against our covenant king, Yahweh. To sin means to miss the mark in the Ten Commandments or the bullseye. We take aim and miss them far too often, and yet God lifts up sin. He lifts up wickedness, rebellion, and sin. But where does he put all of it? Well, this brings us to Palm Sunday, this coming Sunday morning. Jesus rides into Jerusalem on a donkey on a Sunday because the following Friday he is going to lift up the huge mess and place it where? Upon himself. All of the wickedness, rebellion, and sin. You see, Jesus is Yahweh in the flesh, the compassionate and gracious God who is slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness, maintaining love to thousands and lifting up all kinds of sin, wickedness and rebellion and sin. Jesus teaches this love. Jesus lives this love. Jesus demonstrates this love by shedding his blood on the cross for you and for me. And Palm Sunday announces it. Good Friday shows it, and Easter Sunday celebrates it. One day, while he was walking aimlessly around Pensacola, Florida, Jimmy Wayne, remember him? Little Jimmy Wayne spotted a man named Russ working in his garage. Soon, Russ and his wife Bea invited Jimmy to live with them. The home was like heaven. Jimmy had a hot bath, hot meals, and even TV. Jimmy Wayne, though, had had learned never to trust a soul. And so do you think that he ever unpacked his bag? No, he still wouldn't. A new beginning is entirely optional. We can refuse to unpack our bag. We can reject divine love. We can be callous and aloof to his love, but that's not Moses. Moses, it says, immediately threw himself to the ground and worshipped. I invite you, I invite myself, all of us, to follow Moses. Trust that God is who he says he is. Repeat Yahweh, Yahweh, until it surpasses the voice of fear and shame and guilt and blame. Let us throw ourselves down before Yahweh. Put another way, be a sponge and not a rock. Put a rock in the ocean and what happens? Its surface gets wet, but the inside of the rock stays untouched. Place a sponge in the ocean and what happens? It absorbs water. 
The ocean saturates the sponge. God's abounding, steadfast love surrounds us like an ocean. Palm Sunday, Maundy Thursday, Good Friday, Easter Sunday. Completely amazing. And so what is our response? As a rock or a sponge? Jimmy Wayne had been, rebe- had, had been rejected so many times that he was much more like a rock. A hard, unmovable rock. And we get that. We really do. That's why Jimmy never unpacked his bag. It took about a month before Russ and Bea convinced Jimmy that their love for him was real. And so finally, finally, Jimmy Wayne unpacked his bag. Jimmy Wayne is now a famous country music and song writer, but his new beginning started when he learned to trust, when he finally unpacked his bag. Tonight is our last Wednesday for Lent. This coming, is, this coming Sunday is Palm Sunday. And so let us stay with those who were there on that day. Hosanna. Hosanna in the highest. Our past is behind us. God's grace is before us, and a new beginning awaits for us. And so now what? Now it's time to unpack our bag. And why do we do that? Because we finally have a home. Where and with whom? With Jesus. In the name of the the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please stand. We now recite together the words of our Christian faith. We do so using the Nicene Creed. It is found printed in the back cover of your hymnal. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and of all things visible and invisible, and in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, begotten of his Father before all worlds, God of God, Light of light, very God of very God, begotten, not made, being of one substance with the Father, by whom all things were made, who for us men and for our salvation came down from heaven, and was incarnate by the Holy Spirit of the Virgin Mary, and was made man, and was crucified also for us under Pontius Pilate. He suffered and was buried. At this time, we will gather our tithes and offerings. Uh, Whether you are a member or a guest with us, please find the red signing book that's in your pew. Please fill that out so that we know that you were here to worship with us. We collect our tithes and offerings.
Please stand for the prayers of the church. By the mystery of your holy incarnation, by your holy nativity, by your baptism, fasting, and temptation, by your agony and bloody sweat, by your cross and passion, by your precious death and burial, by your glorious resurrection and ascension, and by the coming of the Holy Spirit, the Comforter in all time of our tribulation, in all time of our prosperity, in the hour of death, and in the day of judgment. We poor sinners implore you to prosper the teaching of your word, to bless our prayer and meditation, to strengthen and preserve us in the true faith, and to give heart to our sorrow and strength to our repentance. to draw all to yourself, to bless those who are instructed in the faith, to watch over and console the poor, the sick, the distressed, the lonely, the forsaken, the abandoned, and all who stand in need of our prayers, to give abundant blessing to all works of mercy, and to have mercy on us. To turn our hearts to you, to turn the hearts of our enemies, persecutors, and slanderers, and graciously to hear our prayers. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, Christ, the Lamb of God, who takes away the sin of the world, Christ, the Lamb of God, who takes away the sin of the world, Christ, the Lamb of God, who takes away the sin of the world, O Christ, O Lord, O Christ, O Lord, we pray the prayer our Lord himself gave us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name.
May the Almighty God gather us from among the nations. Please be seated.